Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team. Stop. They don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I move to the old town with goals down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Let's transition now away from the film. Let's go into the ranking, stuff like that. So before I do, just want to welcome in everybody joining audio only. If you are joining audio only, you can go back to YouTube, watch the first half of this episode where we broke down film of the top tackles of this class. Now we're going to get into the rankings, talking about where they are in the All-22 era, maybe some comps, maybe some landing spots, things like that. Um, And I'm actually going to kick this one off so the guys we reviewed today, I think there are other guys that we could have talked about, right? There's there's the kid out of Yale. There's Patrick Paul out of Houston. There's the BYU kid. Like there are some really good tackle prospects to be had in probably the second, third round because this class is so darn deep. But from my perspective and the guys that we reviewed today, Tyler Guyton to me is, I think that, I think we've reviewed seven guys. So I'm just going to say he's seven, right? I, I don't remember. But to me, he's this, probably should be an early second round pick guy. I understand in other drafts, he would probably be middle of the first round, but I see him as a second round pick because of how raw his game is. I think there's still a lot for this guy to learn. Um, Early second round pick saying that, uh, I think that he has the potential to go to a team like Green Bay. I'm a Packer fan. That wouldn't be my pick. That wouldn't be my favorite pick. But I do think that a team like Green Bay likes to take raw athletes like this. They like to mold their own guys. Guyton is very moldable. You can see that intensity. You can see he wants to be out there. That's a total Packer thing. Like, I think he would be a great fit there. Um, I don't want them to do it in the first round. They might. They have a pretty late pick. So I either see them doing that. I think that's probably the earliest he'll be taken is with the Packers first round pick, which is like 26. And if not, I could see kind of the floor to where he lands being the Packers first, second round pick, which is the Jets pick. Uh, I think their pick eight or nine or something like that, 10. So again, the Packer picks being 26, Jet pick being 211, something like that is probably to me the earliest and latest that he'll end up going. Where do you have Guyton in this class? I think the range you have him is is exactly right. And before getting into like a specific pick, I think this is the kind of player that, I mean, offensive tackle is always in demand. It's a premium position, right? So he's probably going to get taken towards the higher end of, of, of that range, that middle of the first to high second, top 40 uh, type of, of range there. But this is the kind of player that even in all 22 now, again, will be in high demand. will probably get selected in the second round, maybe top of the third, you know, around, um, you know, pick 24, one of the top 24, 25 picks, because that's just, you know, how it tends to go. I would not anticipate him grading exceptionally well early on, uh, you know, in the first year in his rookie year. Um, and that's why I always say like, Hey, please, whatever you do, do not, draft rookies for what they're going to do for you in their rookie year because it's because of guys like Guyton. I'm definitely ceiling guy. I like the ceiling. And as long as there's nothing on tape that concerns me, I chase that ceiling. So um, 
I think I think he's going to go in that higher end range, but this isn't someone who's going to test exceptionally well. I don't think so. Any, or, or sorry, grade exceptionally well his first year. So that's just something to keep in mind. That's actually a really good. Um, that's actually a really good pick by you for for the Packers. I I would say. I mean, uh, Rashid Walker stepped in there at at left tackle uh, towards the end of this year. I think did admirably. Um, and so they still need other tackles and, and, and offensive line on the whole. So I think that makes a lot of sense for someone like Tyler Guy and also could be actually right before them with Dallas as well. I mean, Dallas also needs some tackles. Uh, Tyron Smith is up there in age. Even if he comes back on a one-year deal, this is someone who for the most part doesn't or hasn't played a full season in who knows how long or if he has recently. It's been one out of the last like eight to nine years. And so if you take someone like Guyton and he doesn't start right away, that's fine because this is someone we just talked about being a projection for, you know, down the line because he still has some development work to do. He's raw, needs some refinement. He's young, uh, kind of has to get all the pieces together. So you put him in a room with a Hall of Famer like Tyron Smith and you have Terrence Steele on the right side so you don't have to thrust him into the starting lineup right away. That's an ideal fit. So um, it's hard for me. So we talked about top, 16 ish to top of the second round. I think he falls if that's the range you're looking at towards the middle, slightly higher end of that range, because it's hard to see him getting by those two selections right there in the mid twenties, at least for me. No, I'm in agreement. And actually the comp that a lot of people have for Tyler Guyton is Tyron Smith because of the build that elite build. Like I compared him to DK Metcalf. It's like, if you're doing that for tackle right now, it's Tyron Smith, right? There's nobody better. He's got like a six pack. He's like six, eight, 350 pounds with a six pack. It's insane. But is there a, is there a guy that you would say play style when he came out of college was, was similar to Guyton. And while you think of that, just talking about the all 22 era. Now I have him as my 22nd ranked tackle of the all 22 era, which puts him right around Josh Jones and Cody Mock from last year. Uh, So again, a very good player, but I think just because of how raw his game is, even though he has that elite frame, I have a hard time putting him above guys that fundamentally were a little bit more sound. That's fair. So the name that actually came to me, and it's going to seem like a knock just because of how this guy's career turned out or is turning out, I guess, but it's not, is uh, Lucas Niang, who uh, played, played some time with the Chiefs out of TCU because he's got a great frame. He's got good length. Uh, it appears to be good length, right? Athletic can bend well when he's not just, you know, kind of when his technique doesn't just get all over the place, really like the, the potential knee bend there. Um, and it just, it reminds me of Lucas Niang and Lucas Niang didn't pan out well, which that happens for a myriad of reasons, but that sort of that, that frame and movement reminds me of Niang. So a little off the wall there, probably not what people were expecting me to say, but that's how I, that's how I view that one. I like it. Okay. My sixth guy was Jordan Morgan. Um, again, 22 years old, 6'6", 322 pounds. Uh, I see him as an end of day one prospect. I do think that he ends up getting right in there at the end of the first round. And it actually reminds me a lot, and his game reminds me a lot, of Christian Derisau. Another guy that went at the end of the first round because people were like, he's a little boring. Like he, 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 he's technically sound. He's got good athletic traits. He's a good build, but he doesn't necessarily have the elite traits that some of the other guys have. So Christian Derisau fell to, I think, pick 22. 
think Jordan Morgan, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, I think that kind of happens to him. Maybe he ends up going day two, but I think it's right at the end of the first round where I see his value. Um, and Christian Darisau is my comp for him. Yeah, he's probably going to end up end up first, even if I personally, but I, I don't think there's 29 players better than him in this class. Uh, I think that's where he may ultimately end up probably right around that range. If you're looking at um, maybe the Ravens, uh, that area there, uh, you know, end of the first, I, I could totally see. Um, I think that's fair. As far as uh, I think Darisau was more powerful uh, and, and just impactful on contact than, than Morgan is. He's, and I think he's probably a little bit smoother than we give him credit for, despite how he can sometimes get off balance. I really struggled with a comp for that. I would, I would say it was, it was, it was tough for me to come up with one because for every trait that reminded me of this, like there were some things on his tape that reminded me of Penny Sewell. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll literally go that high. in some of the things that I saw that I really liked from him as far as just the ease of lateral movement, even, but then when it came to, <laughs> to a lot of other things, he was not Penay Sewell. No disrespect. Obviously, we're talking about Penay Sewell here. So I kind of struggled with a good comp. But um, so maybe I could see the the Darisau projection uh, in a sense there. But I see him more as, yeah, late, late round, uh, maybe early second. So I think more so he would end up in the latter half of that range that we talked about with someone like Guyton in the early second round. So like, for example, if... Um, if what we just discussed played out and, and Guyton goes to Dallas, for example, right? Maybe Green Bay doesn't take him at 25, but then at the top of the second, they can go ahead and get someone like, um, uh, like Jordan Morgan there. I think that's probably his floor as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think then going to the all 22 era, I have him at 19. So again, a little bit above Tyler Guyton, but not much around similar guys like the Josh Jones, the Cody Mocks, but right around like a Jedrick Willis. Cause I, I wasn't a huge friend, fan of Willis, but again, it just talks about how deep this class is where Willis ended up going. I think he was a top 15 pick, right? Morgan is talented enough to be in that range in a normal class. It's just, this class is just so special. Mm -hmm. Right after doubt. that, right after that, I have a Marius Mims. So I guess that's again, number five, Marius Mims to me, is a top 25 player. I talked about last year, Broderick Jones, the guy that lined up across from him. I think Mims is a better prospect, but if you told me that those guys were twin brothers watching their film, like it, they do have very similar builds. I, I I think it's a very easy comp, although one plays right and one plays left. Uh, Marius, uh, Marius Mims, I think, you know, again, a normal draft, he's probably a top 13, 14 pick. I see him going top 25. I think the Cowboys is where I would like to see him. Um, that would be my ideal landing spot for him. Um, and also, you know, I think there are a lot of teams in that teen to early 20 range that would love a guy like Mims and just bank on that upside because they saw they saw the guy that lined up across from him have a lot of success early this year, right, in, in Pittsburgh. Mims could end up in Pittsburgh, right? I think they pick around 20. I think that's a that's a landing spot that could happen as well. And then just really quickly, I have him 17. So again, right in front of Morgan, around the same type of guys, right in between a Darisau and a Willis. That's that's where I have these guys. They're all that good of prospects for me. Yeah, I would love to see him in Dallas, but I think he's going to end up in the AFC North because I think even before you get to Pittsburgh, uh, because they need someone to replace, at least in my opinion, Dan Moore, um, you have Cincinnati as well, who 
I feel like has needed a good offensive tackle for the last 15 years. So that's another area where I, I think that that late teens range, I just don't see him escaping that, that area of the first round. I would absolutely love to see him in Dallas, but I think that's the range he goes. I, I don't see him getting past both Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in any scenario, unless there's some type of medical issue at the combine or injury or something else. Uh, I, I think he doesn't fall far beyond the halfway point of the first round. What's hard with that though, is like, yes, there are a lot of teams that need tackle, but because of how good maybe this receiver class, this quarterback class, how many teams are actually going to take tackle? And that's why, like, it, like I said, Mims in a normal class is probably a top 15 pick. I just don't necessarily think that happens this year uh, because I have JC Latham, the next guy on my list at four going to the Bengals. That was my pick for, for him. Uh, again, he's this massive tackle played right tackle, six, six, 335 pounds. Uh, the guy uh, that was there, Williams is leaving because he didn't want to play right tackle, but that's where JC Latham is natural at. So it's, it's an easy transition there. I think in a normal class, JC Latham is a top 10 pick, not even a top 15. I think he's a top 10 pick. This class, I see him as, you know, the floor of where he would go at that 18 spot with the Bengals. I think they would take him in a heartbeat. But yeah, I could see, I could see the Colts maybe taking him. I could see the Saints maybe taking him. I could see the Raiders maybe taking him, right? So I could see probably pick 13 being the earliest that he ends up going in this class, where pick 18 maybe being the floor. And I have Latham as a tick better at the prospect scale. I have him at nine on my all-time list in the all 22 era. So just, you know, for consideration of what that is in, in regards to other guys, I have him right before Evan Neal. Again, Evan Neal was the number seven pick in that draft. And people were talking about him as this elite prospect. I thought he was extremely raw. I think Latham is far more advanced in the way he plays football than a guy like Neal was. I think the ceiling for Latham in this class might be, just a tick higher than than what you mentioned. So uh, first off, I think recently Mel Kuyper said he could go to uh, the Chargers at five. I, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I I think it was more so just like, oh, you know, they love to run the ball or Harbaugh loves to run the ball and, you know, Latham, powerful run blocker. They need a right tackle. So there you go. I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see him going to Chicago, depending on how the top eight shakes out. Um, you got Braxton Jones on uh, on the left side there. It can be the blind side guy. Um, again, move Darnell right inside if you ask me. So I could see that happening, uh, as well. So I would just, just bump up that, that ceiling, just one pick higher to maybe, uh, the bears and nine, of course, who the heck knows with trades, how the bears, where the bears ultimately end up trading or end up picking, uh, with that second, first round pick anyway. So we'll see how that shakes out, but I could see him maybe just you know, maybe going nine to Chicago. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's a possibility. Other than that, I agree with everything you said as far as his range in the draft. Do you have him above Mims and behind the other three guys we haven't talked about yet? His Mims are like like just right here. Actually, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. Him, Mims, and Fuaga are all right here for me. Um, I, I go back and forth because typically Fuaga is not really the kind of prospect that I rate highly. I'm much more on the, if you look at the tackle spectrum here, I'm more of a, an Olu type of guy than an alt profile, right? Both obviously very good. I'm not going to not take someone like Joe Alt, but I lean towards the the length, 
pass protection athleticism type of profile at tackle than I do the, the, the bully guys. Right. And so that's, that's something that I always grapple with. And sometimes I, I, I miss on guys to where I, I know he, he moved inside or at guard some, but like someone like Lyle Collins going back a bit, I wasn't quite as high on him when he was coming out because that's not necessarily my profile when it comes to a tackle. Um, so I still go back and forth. I think today, if I had to today before they run at the combine and we hear anything about medicals, whatever else, which, uh, really the, the combine should be mostly about medicals and length and measurements and stuff like that, as opposed to really arranging, rearranging your player rankings based off of what you see on TV. Um, I think if I had to, had to select one right now and, and, and couldn't, you know, kick the can down the road. I would go Latham, Mims, Fuaga, but probably same tier. Wow. Okay. And I hate the Makai Becton comps for Latham because I think he's so much more advanced in his technique than Becton was. But do you, I don't have a really good comp for him, and I'm curious if you do. Hmm. Huh. Uh, if I say it, people are going to think I'm, I'm nuts and I'm not saying he's quite at this level cause, cause he's inherently, he's just not, I saw some Andrew Thomas. So I, I, I saw some of that and on the highs, not as consistent. And Andrew Thomas himself wasn't consistent coming into the league. We saw that, uh, early on in his career. And then he had that meteoric rise to being one of the top tackles in the, in the league. Uh, so strictly as prospects talking, as far as the flashes I see, I saw some Andrew Thomas. And if I'm alone on that island, then then so be it. No, I don't think it's terrible. It's not terrible. Uh, that's 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 a great comp. And I mean, you're talking about one of the best tackles in the NFL right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. w- take that with what you will. My number three, I have Fuaga. I have Fuaga and Latham literally back to back. So I have Fuaga as eight in the all-time ranking. So they are, in my mind, like, back to back. You could, you could take Latham, you could take Fuaga. I have Fuaga, even though I think Latham agree, agreeing with you, Latham is probably more on the spectrum of my guy than a Fuaga is because of the build. And because of, again, like things I was talking about, how I think like long-term Fuaga's body type might not be as forgiving with injuries as other people's, even though Latham is a big dude, I think he's a really good athlete. So he should, should stay healthier, but Fuaga, I have a really hard time finding a landing spot for him. And I think I could see somebody taking a Latham over a Fuaga and I could see Fuaga going to Jacksonville. Like, I think that's a legitimate landing spot for him there. And I like that fit, but there, again, there are a bunch of teams like the saints. Um, but I think the ceiling for or the, the ceiling for him. Yeah. The ceiling, I was going to say he's the bears, right? Like I could see him going that early. I don't necessarily think he goes before then. I think pick number nine is pretty early for a guy like that. That doesn't have those elite traits, um, but I really like him. I really, really like him. You have him a little bit lower. Anything else you wanted to say on Fuaga? No, I think I think that that's that's pretty much it. I think the the run, if you will, on tackles is probably going to begin at nine. Um, you're going to have Fashinu and Alt go go in any which order in the first six or so picks. Uh, I think by the time the Titans select, both of those guys are gone, uh, and then at that point. Um, I think the run starts right before the end of the top 10 there. Um, and by the time you get to the twenties, they might all be gone. I mean, they, they really might. And like we kind of mentioned at the start of this, at the very least, I think by the time you get past Dallas and green Bay, all those guys we discussed are gone. Definitely. 
agreed 100%. And now we're down to the the final two, right? This is the big reveal. And I think if you watched the film part of this episode, you kind of know where each of us is leaning. My number two is Fashanu, Fashanu, because of the, the, the things that still need some tweaking, right? I talked about during the film part of this episode that I think his dropback has a little bit of a hitch to it that some edge rushers will take advantage of. I think that he leans a little bit too much and reaches too much with his hands. I think that his, his ability to be hyper-aggressive and drive people on running blocking plays leaves a little bit to be desired, right? The ceiling for a, 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 a Fashanu, Fashanu is extremely high. Like we're talking as high as any prospect, right? Penny Sewell, those, those kind of prospects. He is as high of a ceiling prospect as any of them, but the floor is what scares me, right? Because I don't think he's a, I don't think he's going to step into the league and be a top 10 player. Like, I don't think that's on the radar for him. I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to step into the league and be a top 25 tackle, right? He could end up stepping in the league and having a hard first year like an Andrew Thomas did. I'm not going to say Evan Neal, like an, uh, like an Andrew Thomas did, where in year two and year three, you start to see the payoff. Because I do think that he's much more intelligent as a blocker. He sees the things that you want him to see, the, the, the stunts, the blitzes. You, his technique is far more advanced than a guy like Niels was at the time. So a little bit like Thomas in that regard, where I think it might take him a little bit of time to get into the league and take off. But I do think that he will over the three-year span, just establish himself. And then where does he land in this draft? I think he's absolutely a top 10 pick. I think he's absolutely a top seven pick. I think the Titans is probably the floor of where he should go. I could see the Titans. I could see the Giants. I could see the Chargers. I could even see the Cardinals taking a guy like this. I mean, to be honest, the Patriots need this, right? They need it. And that's at three. So there are plenty of teams that need tackle where I think Alton, Foshnu go that early Top seven should absolutely be the floor for a player like this. And then in the all 22 era for me, I have him at six, which is right between Rayshon Slater and Charles Cross. If you watched my episodes last year, you know how much I, or the year before, I don't even know anymore, how much I liked Charles Cross. Um, but I, I like Fashanu just a little bit more. I think Slater and him, a little bit similar in the way they play. Uh, but I liked the aggression that Slater played with a little bit more. Um, but again, I think the ceiling of Fashanu is is much higher. Yeah, this is interesting. I think when we're talking about Fashanu and Alt, we're talking about two guys where when you when you put away position value and you're just talking best players in the class, I think they're both top five players regardless of position. I think you have Caleb. I think you have Harrison. I think you have Fashanu. I think you have Alt. And I think you could put neighbors in that category as well. I think those are the top, was that five names or six? I think it was five names there. I think those are the top five players in this class, regardless of position. The fact that obviously quarterback is a need and is probably going to go three for the top three. You bump them down a little bit. Um, the thing with Fashanu is that when it comes to his ceiling, as far as where he can go in this draft, I look at someone like the chargers and how things shake out there I could see them being a landing spot for Alt because Alt fits what they do better. They already have Slater on the left side. I don't think they want to change that up too much. And I think Alt can slide right in with that style of play, that hardball runs, that that uh, that power um, and, and kind of play action. That kind of fits right into Alt's game, that downhill style of attack, much more than it does Fashionu. So I think I could see, even though, like you said, I'm listening to this and yeah, I'll say Fashion was my tackle one in this class. 
if I had to put a bet on who has the higher ceiling as far as draft slot goes in this class, it's going to be alt because of, of the Chargers sitting there at five, potentially taking a guy that fits their system there in Joe Alt. And then with that, I don't see Fashinu getting past the Titans. Um, even if they were both on the board, I think he fits them better uh, over there at seven. And if something happens because of crazy trades or whatever else, the Jets deserve another 50 years of complete irrelevance if they do not take Fashinu at 10. And that that they just deserve whatever happens for them the rest of, of mankind's time here on this planet. If, if they don't take him there. So um, yeah, I, I, but I think both of these guys are probably gone by the top seven for sure by the top nine. And then if by some miracle, the jets uh, are sitting there and one of them is on the board, they have to take whoever's there. Um, so yeah, I think for the class, all tire ceiling from draft position wise, but like I mentioned in the commentary, I like Olu's ceiling better. Um and it's just a matter of, you know, I think they're both phenomenal players. Like I said, they're top five players in this class. You you cannot go wrong with either of them. So um, to me, the, the best top two we've had since, and I haven't put my formal rankings, all 22 era together yet or anything like that. But when you talk about the top of a tackle class, this is the best for sure since 2021, because you, you guys know I was in love with Rashawn Slater. So um, I think, I think, at the very top, this class rivals that and beyond that for years, most likely. Slater was the year after the Tristan Wirfs draft, right? The Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs. I think so. Yeah, I think that was 20 and then 2021 yeah. was the Slater draft. Yeah, I think this draft rivals 2020. I think 2020 was better than 2021. I think this is closer mm -hmm. to that where it's not just really top heavy. It's also deep. Um, there's great elite guys at the at the front of it. There's guys all over the place. Joe Alt to me, again, just to reiterate for the people that joined audio only, he is the highest floor tackle prospect I've ever watched. He has incredible, incredible skill and technique that is, it's so rare at any position, like for a college athlete, but especially a tackle and offensive line. He is a guy that I think that can step into the NFL and be not just a day one starter, but Pro Bowl level play day one because that's how that's how advanced I think his game already is. Saying that, I think that his his ceiling is much lower than Fashinu's, right? Or I, I keep saying his name wrong. I apologize. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You got it. You got it. Fashinu. Roll with it. Keep going. All right. Cool. Fashinu. I, I think Alt is is probably what he is, right? Like what he is today might be what he is for the rest of his career but that might be a top 15 tackle from day one. And that's, that's incredibly special, right? That doesn't happen often. Um, so you were talking about it like that top five, to me, it's a top five floor for alt. I think the chargers, the Cardinals, the Patriots, again, they can all use a guy like alt. And I do think alt goes before Fashanu in this draft class because of the floor that he has guys just want a guy that can step into tackle and play. One thing that was really interesting that the guys at PFF were talking about, and I think it's it's important to talk about, is tackle is a position different than any other position in football, maybe besides quarterback, where if you have any flaws, you can get exposed, right? You have to be all around a great player. Receiver, you can just be a big bodied, you know, streamer down the sideline. You can be a little slot runner, right? That all you do is quick, quick little ins and outs. 
that's not the thing at tackle. You can't do that. If you are weak run blocking, you will get exposed. If you're a weak pass blocker, you will get exposed. If you have heavy feet, you will get exposed. If you don't use your hands well, you will get exposed. You need to be an all-around player at tackle. And that's why a lot of tackles in the NFL don't do great, right? Like they're just not that great. Is because it, it takes a lot to be an all-around player. I think both Alt and Fashanu have that to their game. Again, making this class extremely, extremely special. And I think it will be a, a very coveted position in this draft where even if neighbors and Harrison go before them, there's nobody else going after. Like it's going to be those guys, in my opinion. And then just the All-22 era, I have Andrew Thomas as my one, Tristan Wirfs as my two, and Sewell as my three, and Alt as my four. The reason he's behind guys like those those guys, like I said, he's technique-wise in my, in my mind further along than those guys, but it's because the high-end upside of his play I don't think will ever grow like those guys already have, right? Penny Sewell you know, came into the league. People were excited about him, but there were still some raw aspects of his game. Now he might be the best tackle prospect, tackle in the NFL. Same with Andrew Thomas. Uh, and Tristan Wirfs, if, you, if you've listened at all, he was like my boo. He was my day one guy. Like, I loved that guy. Like, he, it, that's everything I want in a tackle. So, again, I'm going to have those guys a little bit ahead. Um, but I think that's all we have for today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep rolling out these, these prospect videos going through position by position. But if you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter at all22 underscore PFF. And give us a review wherever you watch and listen to your podcasts. And thanks for tuning in. Let's go. Let's go.